0: Today's scripture comes from Matthew. Sorry. Can you hear me? Okay. Today's scripture comes from Matthew uh, chapter 13, verse 1 through 9, 18 through 23. That day, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and the great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went to went out to sow." some 104, some 60, some 30. He who has ears, let him hear. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately rece- receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And then tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word. Immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the word and the deceitfulness of the riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word, and understands it he indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another 60 and in another another 30. this is the reading of god's word
1: amen let us pray father we thank you again for your continued love and faithfulness as we sing songs of praise about your amazing grace about just the cross we can't help but be in all of you, we can't help but be so thankful, so grateful. And Father, we pray today as we delve into your word, as we think about the message you have for us today, we pray that you would encourage us, that you would convict us, that you would move and stir in our hearts, that you would help us to put more of our faith, our trust truly in you, and that we would honor you, worship you with our hearts, with our lives. We thank you. And in Jesus' name, we pray, Amen. So we are in Matthew chapter thirteen, and this is, uh, I think, a fairly, fairly well-known parable to, to to a lot of us, and it's called the parable of the sower. Um, here's a little, little background here, I guess. You know, in terms of what is a parable, I think it should be familiar to most of us, if not all of us. A parable is really just a story. Uh, usually, a parable is generally. a a life story, or something that you will see happening in life, uh, you know, a life situation, and it's a story that Jesus will use to teach us a spiritual lesson. And so he does that here in Matthew chapter 13. He actually has seven parables in this chapter, and he's teaching us a lot about the kingdom of God because every parable in here is about the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And, And when we think of... or when we think of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, really Jesus is talking about the rule of God, the reign of God. And really, to, to make it even more specific, what does it look like when God rules our hearts, our lives? And so in this parable today, you know, Jesus is talking about the sower, about the seed, and is talking about how we respond to the sower, see how we respond to the message of the kingdom. And so today as we look at this passage, uh, I have three points today. The first point is the sower and the seed. second point is bad soil and the third point is good soil. right? So first point, the sower and the seed. second point bad soil, third point is good soil. Now just a little, if you look at the passage, as you go into the passage, we see that Jesus, But he went out of the house, he sat beside the sea, and says, great crowds gather about him. So that he gets into a boat, and he sits down in the boat in order to teach this big crowd. And he's teaching them in parables. And generally, when you have a parable, then you ask yourself, well, what did Jesus mean in that parable? The great benefit of this passage is actually, one through nine, you have the actual parable. And then if you just go down to verse 18, which we obviously... Uh, heard today as well, Jesus actually himself explains the parable. How awesome is that? Right? We don't have to guess what is this parable about. Jesus literally explains the parable. And it's a simple parable, right? We have a sower. He comes, and you know what does a sower do? You know he, he sows. That's what a sower is supposed to do. And we see that the sower sows, and the seeds, it falls all over the place. And some of them fall along the path. Some of them fall along... Um, the rocky ground, some along where some fall where there's stormed, and obviously some fall where there is good soil. And really, if you look at the passage, the way the passage is flowing, the point of the passage clearly is that you want the seed in the good soil. That's where you want to be. Whether you want the soil that's going to produce grain hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, and that's also very important here because. If you look, study you know, agriculture from back in Jesus' day, if you got a tenfold crop, tenfold fruit, that was considered good. Twentyfold was considered exceptional. So if you have thirtyfold, sixtyfold, a hundredfold, we're talking amazing fruit. That's what Jesus is talking about. And obviously the people hearing this parable would have known that that was kind of unheard of, unthinkable. How could anything be that fruitful and jesus is saying that's the kind of fruit we're talking about so we'll get into the point here and as we go into this parable and the first point again is the sower and the seed this seems pretty basic but the sower well who is the sower and actually if you look at this chapter we didn't read it but if you look at verse 37 later in the chapter in a different parable jesus says the one who sows the good seed is the son of of man, that says in verse 37. So, what do we know? We know that Jesus is the sower. Well, then what is the seed? The seed is the message of the kingdom. Right? It says in verse 19, to these passages. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, so what do we know? The sower is Jesus, and the seed is the word of the kingdom. Simply put, it is the gospel message. So here's what we know off the bat. When you see crops. And if the crop is good, or if the crop is bad, you can give credit to and blame to different things. But often, one of the people or the things that we will give credit or blame to is the sower and the seed. The sower needs to know what he or she is doing, and obviously the seed has to be good. And what we understand from this parable, off the bat is if Jesus is the sower... I mean, Jesus, he's the son of man, son of God. Jesus is God himself. Jesus is our savior. Obviously, we know the sower knows what he's doing, right? So he knows what he's doing. He is perfect. But then what we also know is that the seed is the word of the kingdom. The seed is the kingdom message. The seed is the gospel message. It is the message of we, sinners, that need to be condemned who have been saved, who have been forgiven when we trust in a Savior named Christ. Obviously, when we think about the gospel message, it is the perfect message. There's nothing wrong with this message. The seed is perfect. So here is what we know off the bat. First point is the sower and the seed. We have a perfect sower and we have a perfect seed. That is important because that means then the fruit that you see is dependent upon what? The soil, obviously. right. So it's important to know the sower is Christ, the seed is the gospel message, the word of the kingdom, and so that is all perfect. It's all set up nicely. So then, what's the point of the passage here? What is the soil like? How does the soil receive this perfect seed given from the perfect sower? So that leads to my second point, the bad soil. Now, we have in this passage four different types of soil. And unfortunately, three out of the four is bad soil. Three out of the four are not good. The first one we see in verse, in verse, in verse 4, he says, And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. And then, obviously, Jesus explains what that means. And he says in verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So think about a path, right? Think about a path that has been trampled on and it's gotten hardened and hardened and hardened. And so when seed falls on that path, it can't go in, right? It it just can't go in there. It can't get in. Right? It's not, it's not soft enough. The sea can do nothing there. It just falls. It just stays. It doesn't go into the ground because it's hard. And then what happens? The evil one comes and snatches it away. This is what I would call the hard heart, right? The hardened heart, the hard heart. It is a heart that just completely rejects the gospel message. It does not understand the gospel message, Right? The person hears the gospel, it just doesn't make sense. It sounds foolish, right? And the Apostle Paul talks about it, right? That the message of the cross, the gospel message, to some people, it's foolishness. It is a stumbling block. It does not make sense to them. This is the hardened heart. And obviously, the reason our hearts are hardened is because of sin. And obviously, we need grace for that heart to be softened. But here, we're talking about people who hear the gospel, the perfect Gospel message, and yet nothing. The heart is hardened. There's bad soil, obviously. But then we have a second soil that Jesus talks about, and we see this in verse five. Excuse me. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, and when they did not have much soil, and where where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil, verse 6, but when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. And again, Jesus explains what he's talking about here, and says in verse 20, and for what was so on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word immediately he falls away now this is a little different when you hear the heart in heart you think yeah that makes sense i know people like that they hear the gospel and they're just like nothing right they don't get it they don't understand it but this person is different this person hears the gospel message and At least at that moment, something clicks for them. They get excited. He says right here, Jesus says, receives it with joy. A person gets excited. There might be tears. There might be a profession of faith that happens at that moment where the person is saying, I think I believe. They get excited about it. But then what happens? When tribulation comes, when persecution comes, on account of the word, immediately he falls away. There is no root. Now, this is actually a little bit scary if you think about it. Because there are people, right? And I'm sure maybe we've all experienced this, where they get really excited. They say, I love Jesus. They say, I think, you know, maybe I'm a Christian. And then, next thing you know, they're gone. Right? They say, I don't believe anymore. It doesn't make sense to me anymore. And then, You start wondering, well, what happened? And what Jesus is saying is there are going to be people that initially may get excited because of what they hear, but as they think about the cost, as they think about the persecution or the hardship that may come, they just run away. These are not people that were truly believers. These are people that got excited for the moment, but there's no root. There's no fruit. Right, and by by the fruit, you know who a person is. There is no root, there is no fruit. And you know, I remember, you know, years ago when I was, you know, when I was in youth ministry, I would be at a youth retreat, and I would see sometimes these teenagers, and you know, they would hear a message, and they would get really emotional, and you know, you would see tears. And I would always ask this question when I would see someone crying a lot. I would always ask, "Why are you crying?" And sometimes those tears, you know, it looks very spiritual, but the answer was not what I would want to hear at all, right? And sometimes people would get really excited and be like, oh, I think Jesus is great. What I heard was great, but it just doesn't last. Why? Because there's no root. Because there was no true reception of this message. A lot of times, I think, people hear the gospel message and it sounds like something that is beneficial. beneficial. It sounds like maybe God is like a waiter and he can really help my life. If I believe in Jesus, life will get better. Life will be good. It's not about me giving my life to Christ. It's not me being a follower, a disciple of Christ. It's not me wanting to worship God. What ends up happening is I get excited because it seems like my knees will be met. God will be good. And when I realize, right, when we realize, people realize that Life is going to still be hard. It's not about me getting God to come into my life and just do stuff for me. It's actually, what does it mean to be a Christian? It actually means He is my Savior, but also He is my Lord, that I'm called to be a disciple. And part of that, discipleship, means there's going to be suffering. There is going to be hardship. I mean, the Bible promises that that does happen. There, we do have to deny ourselves and to carry a cross daily when we realize the fuller picture those who have no root, those who have not truly received this message will fall away. They'll run away. And so what is Jesus talking about here? Is there are people that people look at them might think, whoa, look at that person. They're so excited for Jesus. But they weren't really that excited about Jesus. There was no real root and there is no fruit. And so we see this, and it's kind of scary, right? It's a warning showing us that bad soil is not just hard and hard. This would be right, what I would call the superficial heart or the emotional heart, right? It's a superficiality. It's not real. It's counterfeit. It looks like something, but it not it is not truly that. And then Jesus talks about another bad soil and he says in verse 7, Others, seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Right? They fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And again, Jesus explains that. If you look at verse 22, he says, As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choked the world the word, and it proves unfruitful. Right, so the person is hearing the gospel message, the word of the kingdom. And it may sound good. It may even sound true. But then, what happens? The cares of the world. The deceitfulness of riches. Ultimately, what does this mean? The gospel sounds good, but it's not good enough. Why? Because I care more about money. I care more about my job. I care more about my schooling. I care more about what other people think of me. Really, the cares of the world, the deceitiveness of the riches, the things in life, the things that I see around me, the things that I desire of this world, it is too big. And because of that, I cannot take the gospel and really cling on to it the way I need to. Honestly, one of the best examples of that you could see or think of is the rich young ruler. Matthew chapter 19. The rich young ruler wants to follow the law, wants to be a good person. He even asked Jesus, what more do I need to do? He seems hungry. right? He seems like he's really seeking. But when Jesus says, pretty much give up everything, give it to the poor and follow me, What we see in the passage is there's no response. He just goes away sad. Why? Because to that rich young ruler, his possessions, his money, his riches were too important. And so when Jesus says, you need to give that up and follow me, what does he do? He walks away. He's sad. And Jesus is saying, you can't. And he says it actually in Matthew chapter 6, right? You cannot have two masters. You cannot serve both God and money, and you could replace money with something else. But the point is, we cannot love God and obviously the things of the world. And so what is Jesus here saying is, this is also bad soil. You may hear the gospel message. It may sound good to you, but then you can't fully fully cling on to that message. You can't fully cling on to Christ because of the cares of the world, the seefulness of riches. We see the bad soil. It's a warning. But then, my last point is the good soil. Well, what does good soil look like? If you have a perfect sower, if you have the perfect seed, the perfect message in the gospel of a perfect Savior, what is the good soil? that we need. It says in verse 3, I mean not verse 3, I'm sorry. It says in verse 8, other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty, he who has ears, let him hear. And obviously Jesus again explains this in verse 23, as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, another sixty, and in another thirty. The good soil, it's really, we're talking about heart, right? When we talk about soil here, we're talking about our hearts. What is my heart like when I hear the word of the kingdom, when I hear the gospel message? How does my heart respond to that gospel message? And here, is the person who hears the word. They all hear the word. Right? I think we realize that, right? Everybody hears the word, but this person understands the word. And then, this person bears fruit. Right? And I think this is very important. Right? We don't just need to hear the word. We have to understand it. We have to be open to the message of the word. We have to understand it. We have to really love it and love it. Then we have to bear fruit. This is very important. Now, it says here, in one case, a hundredfold, in another 60, and another 30. And I think that's important, too, because what really Jesus is saying is, everybody's different. Everybody's different. So some people are going to have a hundredfold fruit. Some people are going to be 60. Some people are going to be 30. And if you notice, 30, 60, and 100, as I said before, they're all amazing fruit. It's not some people have a little bit of fruit. Some people have a, a lot of fruit. Everybody here has amazing fruit. But because God has created us differently with different talents, different giftings, different personalities, the hundredfold, 64, 34, it's going to look different in different people's lives. However, if you have good soil and you receive the Word with a good heart, with a good soil, there is going to be much we don't have to compare ourselves to anybody else. We don't have to say, how come I only have 60 when you have 100? Or we don't have to look down on somebody and say, how come you only have 30? That is not the point. But the point is, you have to hear the Word, understand the Word, and you have to bear fruit. Now, here's the thing. How do I have good soil, though? Because even, right, even if I love Christ, even if I hear the word and it just really does something in me and I get excited about it, everybody is going to go through persecutions. And all of us have cares of the world. All of us have things in our lives that are very shiny, that are very important, and they, they threaten to take our love away from Christ. Right? They threaten to make us to be distracted from Christ. And so how do I then have good soil, a good heart? How do I say, I don't need these other things? And then when persecution comes, I can deal with that because the seed is so amazing, and I want to bear fruit, and I want to grow in Christ. And I want to just fast forward, if you, if you will, with me. To later in this passage, verse forty-four, it says, "The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and covered up. That in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field." And I wanted to say this. Obviously, they're in the same line of you know parables here, but. I love that parable right there because it's a reminder that this man gave up everything. Why? Because he knew that the treasure was better. How do I receive this amazing seed, this gospel message? How do I have a Savior like Jesus, and how do I respond by saying, I know persecution will come. I know there are things in this life that seem really great. But I want Christ in my life and I want to bear fruit and I want to grow when I realize that Jesus truly is better than anything else in this world. I think that is so important because we're going to always have persecution. We're going to always have things in our lives that look shiny, that look good. That I feel like I really need that thing. But here's the thing that sower who sowed that seed, Jesus, our Savior, he's amazing. He's the one who died for a sinner like you and me. That seed, the gospel message, there's nothing else better than that. And when we see how truly great Jesus is, when we look at the message of the kingdom, the gospel message, and we are just so just (laughs) blown away, that sinners like us could be forgiven and saved because of Christ's work upon the cross. The things that we sang about today, when we were so amazed, our hearts get soft and it becomes good soil. And when we hear the gospel message, what is our response? It's worship, it's faith, and it's a desire to grow and to bear fruit. I bear fruit through fruit the Spirit. I love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. We want humility. We want to become more and more like Christ. We want to share the gospel with others. We want our lives to be about loving God and loving our neighbors. We want to be more and more like Christ, and we want to seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. Why? Because truly, Jesus is better. The kingdom is better. The gospel is better. And everything else pales in comparison to him. So, my hope and my encouragement is this when we hear the gospel message, right? If, if Jesus is the sower, and obviously his disciples, right, are sowing with Christ. And obviously, even today, as pastors preach the word, we are sowing with Christ. He's the ultimate sower. We're kind of, right, under him sharing his message when we read the word man we should be hungry excited to hear more about the gospel when we hear the word of god being preached man we should be excited we should be hungry we should be thirsty we should be eager to hear more about this amazing christ this gospel message and my hope my prayer is that all of us will continue to listen to the word we will continue to meditate on the word we will continue to read the word And think about that gospel and be reminded every day that Jesus, yes, you are better. Your kingdom is better. Your gospel is better. That we will live lives that truly bear fruit and glorify our God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you and we worship you. Father, we know that there is none like you. We know that we have a sower, we have a savior who loves us, who is perfect. We have a seed, a gospel message that is so wonderful. And we pray that the soil of our hearts will be open, will be hungry, will be moldable, that we would desire to live lives that truly honor and worship you, that we would desire to bear fruit and to become more and more like Christ. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen.